Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast when a pair of pastor scholars study a scripture passage drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. We hope that it will be enjoyable and edifying for all, as well as equipping for pastors or teachers who are working on sermons or lessons in the upcoming weeks. I'm your host, John Drury. I teach systematic theology and spiritual formation for Wesley Seminary and Indiana Wesleyan University. My guest this week is David Drury. Dave is a uh, former uh, chief of staff for the Wesleyan Church and has been a pastor uh, at various churches throughout the United States. He writes a ton of books and uh, does some consulting work as well. So all you got to do is type in his name into Amazon and you'll see uh, upwards of a dozen uh, books there that you can uh, get a hold of. So uh, Dave's got a lot of great stuff out there, so you want to check it out. And he's also my brother, and so I love geeking out with the Bible uh, with him. Our text this week is Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 20. Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, though we dip into 21 and, of course, look into the whole uh, chapter, but that's our focus text for this week. Make sure to subscribe if you're not already, so you never miss an episode. And as you're listening, if you enjoy the show, Hit the share button on your podcast player app of choice to pass this show on to others so that they may benefit as well. And lastly, if you'd like to support the show as well as receive some additional content, simply go to patreon.com slash fresh text to become one of our patron saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this conversation with Dave. Okay, so this is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. So take special care how you conduct yourselves. Don't be unwise, but be wise. Make use of any opportunity you have, because these are wicked times we live in. So don't be foolish. Rather, understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine. That way lies dissipation. Rather, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and chanting in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Lord, bless the reading of his word. Amen. Let us pray. Father. We take a moment now to pray in accordance with the guidance of your apostle right here, giving thanks always and for everything to you, O Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we sing to you your praises for who you are, for what you have done, and we ask that you would guide us, that you would grant us Uh, your spirit, that we would be filled by your spirit, that the spirit would be upon us as we examine this text, as we examine these words, and thereby begin to examine our lives, which seems to be what the text is inviting. What kind of life do we live in light of the great mystery of our faith? And so, Lord, We ask that you'd open the eyes of our minds to understand, open the eyes of our hearts to love you wisely 
and open the eyes of our very souls that we may be transformed to live in accordance with the gospel. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So Dave, what do you notice in this uh, text? What uh, jumps out at you today? Well, it's a, it's an interesting one. I think it's, it's got a, a nice little rhythm to it. He's drawing a lot of contrasts, like don't do this, do this. Uh, so it has a, a kind of a bit of a Proverbs feel to it. It has a bit of a yeah poetic feel to it. I, I was just thinking, man, you, nobody ever uses this as a benediction much, but you really could. And then it's like, well, maybe you could also use it as an invocation because it's sort of is a good preamble to all these things we typically do in worship. But then it's also a good thing to have, you know, used between some songs as sometimes people will read a scripture or for the scripture reading. And then you could do it. You could just do it as the one size fits all, you know, text. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Service. Cause it has so many different, uh, it, it, it's very compact. A lot happens. Yeah. I guess that confirms why, even though it's only five verses, it's worthy of, our uh, detailed attention, though I imagine, I mean, we don't have to get into this now, but my hunch is the uh, Revised Common Lectionary, which I have no direct faith in, it's just a jumping off point for study, is kind of avoiding difficult texts by (laughs) selecting this one, because, you know, earlier in five is a lot of sexual ethics stuff, and later in five is a lot of household code stuff, and neither of those are in the readings at least in this summer series, they right. show up at other times, but uh, yeah. so we may want to glance at them as well, but just, it's amazing though, really zooming in here, there is so much, I mean, there's at least two or three very significant passages in terms of the history of Christian theology and practice. I mean, the statement about um, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, this has had a significant impact on the language of Christian tradition around singing and chanting and worship. So, there's a whole theology of worship kind of built out of that. And the don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit is a fascinating image that has been significant in the way the the filling of the Holy Spirit has been interpreted. And then the, you know, redeeming the time in verse 6 is a very, 16, excuse me, is a strange image and an important one, uh, making the most of every opportunity I don't know where I got the phrase redeeming the time. I I think John Wesley used that term often, and I think that might be the King James translation of 16. It's a fascinating phrase, right? Redeeming the time, buying back. It is the the King James one. Is it? Okay, thanks for checking. And it says, it doesn't just say redeem, it says redeeming the time because the days are evil. Yeah, so it's a, you get this opening verb of blepete, be watchful, take heed. Your translation had a, what was it? I can't remember. Uh, make use. Make you Okay. But oh, at the very top. opportunity the, you have. Right. Make use. Okay. Um, Are you talking about take special care? Yeah. Take special care. There it was. So you have that opening verb and then let's see how far does it go. It's then it just goes into participles for a couple verses there. So that's why the redeeming is there, you know, so a translation in order to make, you know, to, modern English prefers short, crisp sentences. Mm-hmm. And so you can start a new sentence at 16 and say, 
redeem or make use of, but in the original, it is just a participle. So um, mm-hmm. it's kind of linked to the previous sentence as a sort mm-hmm. of further explication of what it means to be careful how you walk, not as wise, but unwise. Right. What's that look like? Well, it means redeem, but redeeming is like, it's this, uh, it has the word agora in it, which is the old Greek word for like the place where you go is shopping and go, uh, not shopping is the wrong word, but like exchange, you know, it's the, it's the market. The, the, if like you have a market day in your town, it would be the place where that happens. So ex agorazo menoi. So to, to buy back from, which then has become this term redeem, which is not a religious term. It's an economic term, right? Like a redeeming a coupon, buying something back. What did that, what does that mean? I, I, I just find that fascinating. What does it mean to redeem the time, to make the most to buy back the time because the days are evil, right? We're in evil days. And so we're trying to, I don't know, how do you interpret that verse? It's a strange one. Well, I think the scripture has new things every day in part because the days always feel a little evil probably to every one who's walking in righteousness. So we get a little dangerous probably thinking that our days are more evil than any other time. It's a, it's perhaps maybe arrogant to think that, that, uh, it's harder for us than other people and other people throughout history. But certainly when this was written, felt like the days were evil. And I don't know if that's a phrase, days are evil, that precedes this. This sort of, it sounds like something that would have been just said as colloquialism. Yeah, probably. It sounds like a stock phrase. It's the way that Jews would see any time when (laughs) Israel is occupied. (laughs) It's kind of this... Well, the days are wicked, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, you could almost add up because, of course, the days are evil. You know, it's almost that tone. But the the concept of redeeming time, the way I enter, I mean, every time is the only truly limited resource. Everything else can be multiplied or advanced or grown. Time can't be. It's, It's perhaps why science fiction loves time machines because it sort of breaks the only limited resource down into something that you can manipulate. And we can't really manipulate time uh, or, and so in a way, all time is a resource that is spent. Like you mentioned, the word redeeming is an economy. So perhaps joining the word redeem, which is economic terms you mentioned to time specifically is a way of rightly seeing time. The time is, something that's economically spent throughout your day. So whatever you did, you know, today and I did today, we uh, spent it. That's why we say spend time. And so I think it's, it's a wonderful concept and probably nobody has ever improved upon the King James phrasing, redeeming the time. It's probably why it became sort of a thing that said, and of course it's kind of a Protestant work ethic thing. Now it's loaded all with kind of get off your lazy duff and redeem the yeah. time. Yeah. But I think that there's a valuable insight in there in terms of how we redeem it. And then it's obviously contrasted. Like all of this, most of this is a big contrast. It's almost like a big spreadsheet of something on the left column and something on the right column. But this one particular is part of how you redeem the time is is in contrast to the thought that the days are evil. So days is also a time measure. The days are evil. Right. Yes. Good. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it, there's a sense in which that's the opposite of doing evil is redeeming it. Oh, that's good. I'm not <laughs> interpreting it. the verse as much as just sort of saying there. That's what's interesting to me. Oh, about that's verse. good. That's good. 
I, I, you can tell I'm teaching an intensive this week. Cause I'm saying, yeah, that's good. Like I'm affirming like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> tell, me, tell me more. <laughs> that's tell me more freshman. No, you don't teach freshmen, but. but still it's just habitual to say good, good. I did it yesterday. Great. I'm great. I was wondering why you're so affirming of me today. <laughs> you're not used to it. I feel, I feel I should enroll in a course of study. Well here, uh, now I have a, uh, a joke at our expense. Leave it to the Drury Boys to turn Paul into a spreadsheet. <laughs> well, I mean, but I saw it too. I saw it. I saw it. I it saw it. And here it is. It's unwise on the one side of the column, and wise. Right. Then That's it's number one. evil days on one side of the column. Most of the opportunity, or or whatever you're going to say, make use of it. Redeeming the time, which is the one I think we say is best is the opposite one. The difference with those two, of course, is they're flipped. The first one. Right. They don't always come first. Right. Yep. And then there's foolish. Don't be foolish or don't be, you know what I mean? But understand what the Lord's will is. Yes, that's the third. Uh, Then there's like, don't be drunk on wine, but filled with the Spirit. And then there's all the kind of litany after that, which is speaking and singing and making songs or making melody, giving thanks. You could even draw in verse 21, submitting. As another ing, there's all these things you continually do that are a result of being filled with the Spirit. It's almost like a, a an additional fruit of the Spirit list. Yeah, right? no, sort that's of fruit right. of the Spirit, you know, JV squad. Yeah, I think I think filled with the Spirit. Well, who knows? This might be the varsity one. If uh, the if the <laughs> Corinthians is the more famous one, but it's earlier, right? This would be a later text. But you're right. The uh, the precise contrasts break off after verse 18. And in many ways, you're right. It's that phrase filled with the spirit. You can almost see Paul's mind that kind of gets him thinking about the filling of the spirit in the body, in the community. And so then this talk of, of what that communal life looks like in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. That's in giving thanks, submitting. So we almost have four. I mean, like, you know, in a, I mean, just the, obviously we're not going to rush to write a sermon, but yeah, we are. If, if I always, sermon, whenever you have me on, we rush to the that's sermon. True, that's I'll try true. to slow down. We can, down. we can. No, 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 you're good. I want to just say right now that that if you were to take this text as a preaching text, an expository sermon would very naturally unfold in these four points. Um, I mean, these kind of lay out four key things, right. one of which we've discussed. And all of them, in a way, are under this heading of, you know, pay attention carefully to how you walk, which reminds me that walk might double back. Yeah. To the top of the chapter, therefore, as imitators of God, as beloved children, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. So that language of walking has already Mm -hmm. been introduced. And if my memory serves, it may have even appeared earlier. Well, that's the first that I can see it a quick glance. I remember as a kid or like high school and college more, we'd talk about how's it going with your walk? You know, we would use that as like a code for the Christian life. And I mean, surely it comes from this kind of, uh, this kind of language. So the whole thing is, is careful how you walk, pay attention to how you walk. And so then the negatives all together would be the way to not walk is unwise, wasting time on evil things, foolishness and drunkenness, right? And then the positive pair uh, sets are all wise, redeeming time, understanding what the will of the Lord is and being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Well, now I want to talk about that third one. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That I never noticed that. When I hear will of the Lord, my mind immediately thinks, do the will of the Lord. But it's just interesting here that he emphasizes understanding, which matches, of course, being wise. What do you think's going on there when he talks about understanding the will of God? There's an implication that, I mean, foolishness is sort of this, does it repeat the sof concept there? You know, I, I know that that's what's in 15, wise and unwise, but I, I don't know if it repeats it again here in 17. Yeah, so 15 don't. is not as uh, so, oh soifoi, but as sofoi, not as right. wi- wise people, but as unwise. I can, I can but then, but too. then, yeah, then that no, is aphrones, aphrones. That's different. But yeah, so but it's another it's a negation. So it's phrones. So uh, phronesis mm-hmm. is another word for wisdom. Practi- it's more mm-hmm. practical wisdom. And so aphrones would be imprudent. You could translate it imprudent. Don't be imprudent, but understand, grasp, conceive, uh, sunite, what the will of the Lord is. It's a strange phrase. But there is a contrast there and absolutely the idea of you know, sort of, it's a, it's, it's head stuff. It's, you know, you're, when you're foolish, you know, you've got your head up somewhere and you're not doing the right thing. You're not thinking right. And so there is a, a sense of the contrast is get your thinking in order, understand what the Lord's will is. And of course, that's a huge subject of what the Lord's will is, is it's not just the will for you, but it would be, I would imagine all of all righteousness all things were called to within the whole redemptive story. So understanding what the Lord is, is a pretty loaded term there, but then it also can, like you could bring it all the way down to simple actions we take and what should I do a B or C God and sort of understanding or discerning what the Lord's will is. It is is about choices we make, and that's the same thing as it's the opposite of foolishness. Of course, is is bad choices that we make. So the you know the ancients would talk about speculative knowledge, the the knowledge of just what is science, ep- episteme, and then there's like technical knowledge, was just knowing how to do stuff, and then they would talk about the the kind of wisdom or knowledge that's in the middle between those, the knowledge that understands the way things are and is then able to make decisions about how to live in community in light of, you know, how things are that middle space of wisdom or practical wisdom or phronesis or prudence. And I feel like he's really in that zone here by talking about, you know, cause to know the will of God is not just kind of, I mean, that's to know something universal and necessary but it's not just yeah. to sort of contemplate it and say, oh, isn't it cool that, you know, the Lord wills these things? No. And then we live in accordance with that. And so fitting that he would immediately then bring up the Holy Spirit, right? Because it's the Spirit that empowers us to know the will and to do the will of the Lord. Well, that's good. Let's take a quick break and come back and explore this some more. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. We're looking at Ephesians 5, focusing in on verses 15 through 20. I'll just read it again to get it fresh in our minds. This is ESV. It's what I have handy. Were you reading? Was that the NLT? It had some of the the spark uh, of the 
or what? I love I love how you guessed because I think that was a good guess. It's actually N.T. Wright's oh Kingdom translation. I think he calls it okay. Um, so it's uh, I would say it's akin to the NLT, the Kingdom okay. New Testament. It's actually the one that he wrote out in all his commentaries, but it came out with a whole volume of just. Oh, I didn't that. know he released that. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he has not, a real conversational style. It's a little more precise sometimes than the NLT. True. But it's still very it has the conversational tone of the NLT. Yeah, yeah. I would say it is more precise than NLT mostly. And then other times he sort of he he sneaks in a few yeah. a few <laughs> tricksy hobbits. Um that so I, you always want to read it. Like I I have a more literal translation open too in in Blue Letter Bible, but so it's it's kind of one you would pair with. He claim he claims it's not a paraphrase that it's translation. And I think it's, it's closer on the dynamic equivalence at times, but it's a little confounding because sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it is very like this one. Here. This one, I lo- I chose this because in this it's one, it's really, really good. I thought it was really good. In this one, it really matches even like he doesn't use the word debauchery, which, but that, that whole, the specific phrase there that he uses is dissipation, which I love the contrast yeah. of dissipation and being filled, which is closer to the original. Um, but anyway, there's a few choices. Some of the, like NLT, like NT Wright, typically some of the choices he makes are just brilliant. And then other times he, he sneaks in stuff that's a little more dynamic equivalence. Yeah. Often, or even a little excessively interpretive, but I don't, I don't yeah, know. I, often, I like it. He, I love his stuff. So. In my experience, single author translations have that tendency to go back and Good forth point. between very wooden and very dynamic. Yeah. Because, you know, if you if you have a clever insight, you run with it and then it becomes more dynamic. But you're proud of your yeah. your uh, you're proud of your original language knowledge, and so you get more wooden sometimes True. and you kind of oscillate. Yeah. He sneaks in a few modern Britishisms for every for time to time, <laughs> and a few things that are kind of funny. And, and it, anybody that's used his commentary that for everyone series probably noticed that. Yeah, that. that's so where I know the same his thing. versions. Yeah, it was just okay. a cash grab publication, of course. They just took this whole translation totally. he already did in the commentaries and said, <laughs> exactly. let's re-release that as a translation of the Bible. So unfortunately, it has no notes. It's not like Alter's translation where you have all this okay. rich stuff. Or anybody else's, so it's not. It's is kind of unfortunate. It doesn't have all those notes to explain why he made the choices he made, for instance, which would be helpful. But instead, it's more just like a the message by N.T. Wright, or as one person has one reviewer I saw called it Tom's Targum. Tom's Targum, <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, which oh, is a great. bit of a backhanded slap, I think. Backhanded. Yeah. Well, as a as a lover of the Targums, I don't mind, but no. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. Yes. I, anyway, it's good. It, it's good, good one great. to have. I, I wouldn't read it probably in public worship. No, it is a nice jumping off point. So, well, since we're doing idiosyncratic translations, I'll do yes. I'll do my own uh, I'll do my own uh, sight read here as best I can. Okay. So awesome. Uh, starting verse fifteen. Be watchful, therefore, carefully, um, how you are walking. Not as unwise, but as wise ones, uh, buying back the season because the days are evil. On account of this, uh, do not become uh, imprudent, but rather understand what the will of the Lord is. And 
Uh, do not be drunk with wine in which there is dissipation. I like that. That's a good, I'm going to steal his, but rather be filled up in the spirit. Uh, speaking to one another in Psalms and in hymns and in spiritual odes, uh, singing and uh, making melody in the heart of you all to the Lord, giving thanks at all times for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Messiah to God and our Father. The word of the Lord. <laughs> word of the Lord. I love that. I, I, I like the way you phrase that out in verse 22 of the order of, of you know, I love prepositions, but in oh, yeah. the Lord to God the Father, whereas everybody else kind of flips it around. I, my, the best thing I loved was when you translated it on the fly, buy back the season. That's cool. <laughs> I just went, I won it. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, that's 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 where you got full targum mode. But I, I like that because it's Although, buyback yeah. the season because it, it it was that time, the time element of season. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you could well, redeeming my trouble with redeem as a word is it's become a religious word. It has so much. Which means yes. it's kind of lost its everyday sense that he's yeah, using. Buyback it. is perfect. And buyback is what the word means. And Cairo, this isn't Chronos now associated time. With buyback for guns, but uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, you may have to think about it, but <laughs> not. It's um, not been that successful, so maybe I like your yes. Translation. Buyback and this and season. it isn't Chronos here. It isn't time. It was interesting when you were talking about time as a limited resource, and that's certainly true of clock time, Chronos. But I wonder if in Paul's imagination here, it's even more. In a sense, it's even more limited. Because it's the season, it's Chiron, it's the, the the moment that we are in, which is why I think translations have chosen to say, you know, make the most of every opportunity. Because Kairos can mean so moment, loaded. right, or a moment, or the this kind of moment that's going by. Nice um, one. Yeah, buy back the season. What kind of season are we in, and what can I? Yeah, I make it a good go season. With, it could be saying like, yeah. turn these evil days into a, a good season, actually transform. It could be a more transformative rather than, Hey, make use of the time. Cause you know, it's really awful. It can have a hunker down vibe. If we misinterpret 16, like have a good Protestant work ethic. Cause everybody else is a, you know, is evil. Right. <laughs> you could even do buy back your days or buy back your generation or buy back yeah. your, your year. Buy era. back your era. Era is a great one. Buy back your era because the days are evil. That kind of a thing. It is more loaded than just time. And they tried to solve that with redeeming the time in the King James, which is great and beautiful. But like all things King James and Shakespeare, they become too familiar for meaning. And so I like the way you did that. And then uh, the very first one you said, be watchful. And then you used another term and I missed writing it down. Oh, be, be uh, watchful, be watchful and, therefore carefully. And you, so you kind of had Rebos. two words there. Watchful, How you carefully. are walking. Yeah. They're two separate words in the original. Interesting. Um, and that's lost in almost I th- all the translations I looked at so far. The double, yeah, they, right? It's because the therefore, I mean, Greek geek alert, but the word for therefore, well, there's more than one, but one of them is un, and it is one of, I forget the term for this. 
but there are certain words in Greek that just aren't allowed to be the first word in a sentence. They always go second. And the standard rule is then you bump it to the beginning. So, but of course, King James always would leave it second, almost always. So you think of these famous lines like uh, Romans 8, right? Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation, you know, because the therefore has to come second. Yeah. So it puts the verb up front, but then that means the adverb carefully is separated from its verb, which is kind of a no-no yeah. in English. But actually it works. We speak that way in English. You're just not supposed to write that way. And yeah, a lot I of like our rules about writing I, bother me because they're just made up rules that make our written language not sound like talking. But Paul would have dictated this It's meant, and it would have been read out loud. So the rhythm of yeah. it can kind of work, I think. Well, that was funny. for somebody to come out with a translation of the New Testament that is audio only. Ah, yes. Written for the ear. Translated for the ear. That's something yeah. a podcaster should do. Translated hey, well, for the ear kind of thing. Because that's, I mean, that's sort of a medium of that has resurged um, mm-hmm. since podcasting and, and cell phones have come around. And, and in a way, it's a return to the way it always would have been. Yeah, and there's just natural pauses that you just kind of insert. Mm-hmm. And that therefore gives a pause, you know. Mm-hmm. So keep watch, therefore, carefully how you are walking, right? That's a totally normal way of speaking. But if you write that and read it too quick, it, it's, it sounds wrong, <laughs> yeah. but we do, we insert little adverbs in the wrong spot. Uh, yeah. Well, fun. I, I wanted to do a quick, we can zoom out now and go wherever you want. So there's one cross-reference I wanted to glance at because it's so famous and it might help us make sense of some of the terms here. I just thought of this while we were talking over in Romans 12, verse 12, verse two, And of course, anyone could imagine preaching not just a whole sermon, but a whole series on the opening two verses of Romans 12. So why couldn't we do it from Ephesians 5? But here's Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed or co-schematized with this age, but rather be transformed in the being made new of your mind unto or for the sake of testing yourselves what the will of God is, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It was that phrase, will of God, and to test it, uh, to know it. And here you got a contrast too. I didn't think of that till I turned there. So not being you know, conformed, uh, having the same schema as this age or the wicked times, but rather being wise, which means uh, there is a kind of knowledge here, just like in our passage in Ephesians 5, right? This discerning the will of God, or in our passage, it's uh, understanding what the will of the Lord is. So it's very timely. It's kind of not just, like you say, it's a big concept, but it's meant to be very timely, right? What is what is it that the will of the Lord is for us today in this time, in this season in order to live in the time between the times that we're in. Yeah. And on that subject, I think that there's, uh, did you have more to say on that? That was it. No, just the parallel from Romans 12. Yeah. And I think another parallel would be also 12, uh, first Chronicles 12, the men of Issachar or the, the, tell me more about that. I don't know my Chronicles. (laughs) Well, you know, the one where they say they understood the times, you remember that part. 
Oh uh, yeah. Who understood the times and they were able to kind of have wisdom to do that. I think that that has a similar connotation to this, especially after I heard the way you translated it and talked about the original, it's kind of like understanding the times and knowing what to do. It has to do with the will of God, right? So that's the first Chronicles 12. I don't know what verse, um, but the, the, the men of sometimes, of course it sounds really obscure and weird men of but, uh, I think that that would be a, a parallel too to kind of draw out that idea of understanding the times you live in and to make the most of every opportunity or buy back the age. Wasn't there like a like a Christian school like curriculum called Understanding the Times or something like that that when we were kids? I think you <laughs> is that like a Beck is that Becca book? Or it might be. Pensacola, it might be. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's it's First Chronicles twelve thirty two. Uh, that famous phrase, understanding the time, but I didn't catch that. You gave me too much credit. I don't know my Chronicles very well. Uh, it's because you didn't Minavisikar. listen to Christian school enough, John. <laughs> I didn't really pay attention. Really. <laughs> you... <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, they have the understanding, understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. 200 chiefs and all their kinsmen under their command. Well, I mean, you'd have, I'd have to do more study, but it's not implausible that that these kinds of phrases were used at Paul's time. And so it's just kind of yeah, yeah. rolling off the tongue. At, they, they would be used at graduation services where they'd say, may you be men of Issachar. That's what yeah. <laughs> they would do at a Christian school. But no, I think it's a uh, Hebrew school. <laughs> the times. I, it, well, I think that this is very, it's always relevant, but I think it's relevant to us in these days because people are concerned about our days being evil yeah, and yeah. it takes wisdom to know what to do. And there is a, a graduation speech. I'm thinking of that now. It's kind of graduation season for my daughter, from my middle child from high school. And you know, you're, I'm thinking about you know what are what's the wise words you pass on hmm. uh, to them. And and this 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 is a little bit wise words to pass on to a kid as yeah, because well. the the only really specific negative injunction is don't get drunk with wine, which would be very right, fitting before college to a college freshman. <laughs> yeah. But instead to be filled with the Holy spirit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I should etch it on her, you know, <laughs> Do not bed be frame. Filled. Yeah, no, Let- but I, I love that. And, I, and, and of course the drunk on wine one is, I, I do think it's, it, what I love about it is it's not as sometimes Paul's prone to do a random injunction against an action. It has, right. it's loaded with so much positive. So really in this case, it's not a, a, and I don't know if this is the time we want to go deeper into 18 and following, but like, sure, let's do it. it's really not about saying, let's make sure, you know, Paul's not sitting there, you know, saying, let's make sure, I, I, I work in the thing where they shouldn't be drunk. It's almost an illustration yeah. by contrast, right? Just like the word foolish is and unwise and days are evil. It's a contrast to the great thing. And what's great about it is it doesn't end there because that's sort of the last contrast that's made. And then it goes into all the other parts of what being filled with the spirit are like, which is such a great list and, and almost kind of litany. Like I said, almost fruit of spirit oriented they're like like Galatians five, so it's it's a great parallel to that. I actually think Galatians five is one that would be worthy of 
that'd be something you could do even in like a high school youth group or or do on a whiteboard in a study or even put up on a PowerPoint in a sermon. You could take both those uh, mm-hmm. and list them all out because they're they're different in that the fruit of the spirit are more qualities. And I think that's part of why we like it. And they're probably better to like, you know, laser carve into wood and sell at a Christian bookstore. But this one, they're actions, they're verbs. Yeah. And I think it's kind of fun to think of fruit of the spirit being like verbs, which is when you're filled up with all these things, then it all flows out of you and speaking to one another, singing, like the again, you translated making melody, which I liked that too. Making melody uh, from your heart, uh, the, and that that's a collective effort. It's a y'all from y'all, y'all all y'all's mm-hmm. heart, you know, and giving thanks, and then even submitting in twenty one. If you yeah, expand that, it out to twenty one, I think, and I which think I think crucial is crucial to include yeah, all of the rest yeah. of it. Yep. If you load the rest of the chapter, which is one of the more problematic portions, which is why you said it wasn't in the reading, I agree it's nicer to see it as kind of flowing out of this spirit life. Yeah. Because the, it's this last moment. What do we do in the community of Christ, the body of Christ? We sing to one another. We give thanks to God. I mean, we submit to one another, right? It's, it's uh, singing and giving thanks and submitting. And of course, the giving thanks there is Eucharistutes. It's the word for Eucharist, right? Hmm. So we we celebrate the good things that God has given us. We sing, and I don't think the singing language is on accident connected to spirit and the contrast with drunkenness, because right. what do you do? You, you're, it loosens up the tongue too much, uh, too much wine. And then this mutual submission, which is just because that's the governing concept for the rest of the passage that I think is the key to not letting these household codes get uh, turned into a wooden notions of a kind of order of control and power and hierarchy. Mm-hmm. It's all Christians submitting themselves to one another um, out of fear of Christ, right? So, it's that that mm-hmm. we're all submitting to Christ, celebrating Christ, singing to Christ, giving thanks to Christ, and being submissive to one another taking our cues from one another. It fits the language of singing, the language of submitting. I mean, it's literally as a musician, you know how it works. If someone else is kind of around a certain note, you know, you're either going to match that or you're going to create a harmony that goes along with that. But like, if I'm, you know, if you're singing in the key of B and I'm in B flat, it doesn't matter if like earlier we said we were going to sing in B flat. I'm the one who's flat, right? Like you have to match, right? You have to sync up with each other. So the language of submission even has a kind of interesting. Uh, if you can think of it in a musical way, it's a little less. Uh, it's not as uh, susceptible to abuse, right? Because there has to be this kind of um, submitting to each other in the moment, in the time. And of hmm. course, music also keeps time. I'm, I'm loving the musical character yeah. of the whole passage in a way that I hadn't seen before today. That's great. And even the, the idea of making melody the way you said it. It, it melodies imply this there's a difference in the notes that still s- comes together for something more beautiful so um that that i think is another way to use the mu- musical part and i don't know the original um like you but as i recall there's something about that word making melody that's kind of a stringed instrument kind of a thinking and I've wondered, like, is the heartstrings concept? Because it's like there's heart in there, 
And then there's the making melody part in there. But even that, it's this sense of, it's just a unique thing. I'd hate to lose, like, sometimes I think we like to have all our points line up with one verse, right? Especially in preaching. Uh, like, sure, oh, verse yeah. 19 is point B and verse 20 is point C. But I, there's really two points in 19 all about. Absolutely. You know, and so I think both are there. And the one you said, you translated as making melody is the one I'm talking about with your heart. Or as you said, your all, all of your hearts or something like that. Yeah, I was just winging it. But I mean, you're right. 19 does split into two and they actually have two different audiences. So the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are spoken to one another. And then right. the singing and making melody in, in your hearts. Different objects. Yep. Is to the Lord. It's to the Lord. Boy, that's I think that's great a, worship theology in one yes, verse. Yes, because I mean, there is a lot of... When something I says, remember like, who's growing, the real audience of worship? Yeah, it's, like, it's well, both. Okay, Ephesians 5.19 has two. Yeah, so growing up, we had all these wonderful testimony songs that were... The, a lot of these old gospel songs were directed not... They weren't directed in terms of the grammar to God. They were directed to each other, you know? Let me tell you what God has done for me kind of vibe, right? Is the structure. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there's tons of them. And then the contemporary worship movement, especially in the 90s and later, what I loved about it was it was so it was such a great shift for me to start thinking of like all of my words being directed directly to God, right? It's this very intimate direction towards God. Over time, I started realizing, no, actually, we need to also talk to each other when we sing, right? The, both kinds of singing have a validity, and I think that's worth uh, paying attention to, that our songs are directed in both directions, you know, both to the Lord and to one another. Hmm. I never saw it in this passage how there's a clear twofold direction until today. Wow. Okay, well, let's take a break and come back and explore some sermon starters. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with my guest, David Drury, and we're looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 30, although glancing around at the context around, but that's our focus text. So let's explore some sermon starters. We've already indicated a lot of the, the content, some of the points, but let's maybe work from the back forward. Like where, where would be the end game? What, what kind of response would we want to invite forward from people in a teaching or a preaching context. And then we can work backwards from there about how we would shape a sermon. We don't always have to do it that way, but I thought I'd throw you a curveball yeah. since you're a regular. Again, <laughs> with the end in mind. Yeah. 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 Where well, that's we wanna... actually my, maybe a good way to look at uh, things a lot, especially if you're trying to, you know, motivate people toward mission or some kind of action in a certain. And this is an action oriented text. So I think it it, is. it's worth starting with the result backward. What do you? What so I do think you the short answer be... is nineteen to twenty-one. Is those kind of all the words that end in ing or should end in ing? You know, the speaking, the making music, the giving thanks, submitting. Uh, if you want to fold in twenty-one, which I would tend to, even though it wasn't yeah, me our too. official me reading. Too. Yeah, no, um, I would too. I agree. And so have that. That's sort of the. That's sort of the four bullet points that come after being filled with the spirit. And so really what you're, you're asking me to do one, if you're saying, what's it about one thing, it's be filled with the spirit. And so I think to call people to open their lives up to a filling or a fresh filling of the spirit. And then the four ings 
you know, speaking and following, making music, giving thanks, submitting to one another. Sorry, that's a little too structured. I think that's good. I think it's clear as a bell, though. It's really good. But like you said, it's an action-oriented text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think that there would be, you know, if I was if I was teaching on this, I would want to think about maybe even planning ahead, kind of creating an opportunity to do each of these four things, three or four things that is like planned out. You know, this would be a good week to have the sermon come maybe more in the middle rather than at the end of the service, right? So to actually work uh, out with the point. team, first of all, the addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Okay, what's a, maybe find a hymn or a, a psalm that is spoken very much to each other and actually have a time where, I don't know if you've ever been at a hymn sing where you actually turn and face each other. We used to, when I was in seminary, every nice. winter, uh, we would have a big Christmas hymn sing and the two sides of the how of the chapel, we would turn and face each other. So there was no front and we would call out and we would use the hymn book and call out numbers and, and sing. And it was so cool. It was so neat to kind of think of singing to each other. And of course, in an old monastery, you know, they'll have the, the choir loft will often be facing each other. There'll be the rows and they're facing each other. And there's something different that happens when you do that. You just, you're seeing each other's expressions and it's, and you don't need like a leader up front. You can actually kind of hide the leader. So I think planning a, a psalm or a hymn or a simple Love worship song that, especially finding one that has language that's really about speaking to each other, you know? And then we could all turn our bodies, you know, forward and kind of sing a song of praise right. to Christ, our Lord. Um, well, that'd be and a then, great way to act out the passage in a way. Yep. And then celebrate the Eucharist, right? Celebrate communion. Yeah. And, and do teaching on that before or during and maybe, but maybe incorporate some testimony into the Eucharist time where we're giving thanks for th- specific things right. that God you, has done. You could add a bread breaking at the end uh, to submit to one another, a bread yeah. breaking. Yeah. Kind of, you know, have them say a statement since that bread breaking so open ended, or even conjoin that with the communion. Ooh, that would be really cool. Yeah, just, I was just no. trying to think what what's sub- how do you symbolize is- the submitting? Mm-hmm. You got it. Yeah. Well, the monks they do it. They always bow at the end, so that's also some a symbol. Make but the bread breaking bow, could be bow even to each cooler. Other. Yeah, that that doesn't go over as well anymore. But although one wonders if there. Hey, it's be- a great COVID behavior. Bow to one another. Yes. Shake hands. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, fold the hands and bow. It's a wonderful <laughs> way. The, the, the Eastern, of course, the, in the, the Eastern Asia, that's just how you shake hands. And it's so right. much more yeah. safe too. They. Yeah. Well, I was, there was a lot of Asian places that were doing better with COVID rates early on. And I said, maybe it's because they just don't shake hands. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Having traveled yeah. a bit myself. But some kind yeah, of I like that. I, I like the sim- idea of acting submitting. out this passage. This is another one that would be really useful on a retreat or, mm. uh, you know, a, a time of prayer and worship, or if you're doing a special prayer, if you're doing a special worship night or something. Yes, yes. Uh, you, you could, could do incorporate all the some teaching without said. an extended sermon. Yeah, exactly. Because it's some so brief teaching before compact. each. Yes. It's also Trinitarian. You know, the Spirit's mentioned a couple times, the Father Ooh, yeah. is mentioned, uh, Holy Christ's moly, mentioned. You're right. Twice, maybe three times. How did I miss it? That's my day job. I, how did I, miss I know. I've, I've, I feel I finally <laughs> ascended to your Trinitarianness. <laughs> but no, it, it, you don't have that as explicit as it is here. 
um, very often. And there's and there's some fun prepositions attached to each part of the Trinity too, which would be fun to play with. No, and I think that's important because that's where I mean the Trinity, the anticipations of Trinity doctrine in the New Testament. So many of them are in kind of worship or broadly liturgical settings, right? Baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, mm-hmm. the the benedictions, the blessings at the end of chapters and at the beginning. It's it's prayer, worship, and sacraments is where Trinity language kind of is, that's kind of its home base. Yeah. And because you don't get a lot of direct teaching on the Trinity in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I think in the churches, we don't actually, we need to from time to time, but it's mostly implicit in our worship. Although, again, depending on the context, this could be a good moment to, to comment on that, to draw attention to it for your people to say, mm-hmm. when we worship, we're worshiping in the spirit who's filling us. Yeah. We're directing our, our songs to the Lord Jesus, and we're giving thanks to God in Jesus' name. Yeah, and it, and it moves in reverse from spirit to son to mm-hmm. father, which we think when we, when we teach the doctrine of Trinity, we tend to move father, son, spirit, rightly so. That's the narrative. But our, our relationship with God actually runs the opposite direction. We move from in the spirit through the son to the father. That's how yep. we relate to God is, so this is, is in reverse. Yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah, that's a whole is, other sermon, man. That's great. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> or you could tack it on. You it's, could... it's inverted. <laughs> I, I was yes. inverted. <laughs> nice yes. Top Gun I like it. It, I do think that you could play that out here. I also think you could have a lot of... I. The, there's a sense in which this is going to... I'm glad you even asked the question the way you did. You're going to have a great ending with this sermon because it ends with just such, uh, such high notes, several of them. Getting into it might be a little harder. I do think exactly that, that might have been why I didn't. I didn't want to start there. Yeah. yeah, I think that you have, and they are kind of the you know don't be foolish, know what Lord is, make the most because the days are evil. Be careful, not as unwise. So there's there's sort of this. It starts a little gloomy, uh, a little portent of doom here. The days are evil. You know who would want to call their sermon the days are evil. Uh, but that's a little bit of the motivation for what's going on in the first three verses here of the seven, if we include 21. But I, that could be. I saw a guy just do this where he put a few things about pop culture that were distressing to Christians up on his PowerPoint. I just saw this on Saturday at a conference. And at first, I was a little worried because, you know, you don't want to hear somebody for 45 minutes that all they're going to do is complain about how the days are evil, right? But he did start with a little bit of the days are evil and then got into some great doctrine for the rest of the time, which was just wonderful. And I do wonder if starting where people are would be the way to get into it, to sort of think about the concerns people have and then how to be very careful about you live. Or you could just start with Elmer Fudd, you know, be very, very careful uh, at the beginning. Uh, is the other way to do it. And to just yeah, I kind of want to start stuff. with the days are evil because the wild thing is, is all this wonderful worship at the end, this is forming our community yeah. in evil days. You know, maybe it's because I study medieval monasticism too much, but I mean, Benedict and the first Western monks were, they were in evil days, man. Rome was just falling apart. Everything was just going to hell in a handbasket. And they were asking, and I mean, this was a foundational text for them to just say, okay, 
how are we going to live in these evil times, right? Uh, how are we going to redeem the time together? Well, let's have a life where we pray and submit to one another and uh, have a rhythm of prayer and of work. And I'm not saying we're all called to be monks, but there's something to be learned from that. You feel like your culture is changing and not always changing for the better. I don't think it's okay to, and, and, and there's really three senses you could take the evil days. And this is to develop that idea, Dave, is to say, just say, man, these days are evil. These are bad days. How many conversations have you had that started with, mm. well, it's a crazy times, crazy times, <laughs> right? Like, it's just the way we're talking right now. It's you know? so cliche now. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of acknowledge that. So there's that kind of crazy times. And then the second level would be to say the kind of moral sense. There's a lot of moral failing in our culture, right? The standard way that preachers talk about it. But then the third, and I think dominant sense here in Paul's mind, just knowing Paul in general, in the previous parts of these passage and other places in Ephesians is the days are evil is talking about, these are the days whose days are numbered, right? The Christ has mm-hmm. risen. Christ is coming again. We are in the time between the times. These are the evil days, but the, their days are numbered. And so we're aware, what does it mean to understand the times? What does it mean to know the will of the Lord? It's that his will is to return and to restore all things, right? So what does it mean for us to have a life that a life that's pleasing to God in these crazy times? And so you could kind of take a different sense, crazy times, uh, wicked times, and uh, times that are numbered, you know? True. What were you going to say there? I was just trying you to develop, a, and then that's where you could twist yep. then in turn. Okay, what does that like? I just look think like, you man? said a, a very useful word, and that's rhythm. I wonder if that word could be explored, and maybe even the title yeah. of it looks sort of like rhythms of the spirit. Like yes. you almost have to have a concept of what are these things in eighteen through twenty-one that are the ings, the the actions yes. you're going to do them. They're sort of rhythms of the spirit. They're I like that. And that's musical too, right? There, yeah. If you're going to go with a musical theme, which I think is good. I want to slip in there that I, I think this would be a great passage to have two months earlier asked your worship leader to write a song because then that matches up with the 19 yeah, of like right. making melodies. Like if they, if you have somebody that could write a song uh, and then have it be after, that'd be another way to format an entire worship service with this in mind. Wow. Yeah. Overall, the great message, I think, of this in the gloom and doom part, the earlier part, is that it, we're so often in evil days, we are tempted to withdraw so much from the world mm-hmm. uh, defensively. And I think that there's a sense in which this is a, not a withdrawn, you know, no. batten down the hatches tone. It's really, uh, I, that's what I do like about the NIV and the modern translations that say more like make the most of every opportunity or even into yeah. rights, make use, uh, you know, of opportunities that it's sort of like, don't, don't miss your shot, which right now you have, even though the days are evil, even because. Yes. No, I think that's really good. Yeah. And I think that would be worth even making explicit at some point saying, you know, that redeeming the time is an avoidance of those extremes of either uh, a defensive hunkering down, withdraw into yourself or to a sectarian community or a kind of offensive colonizing of the world, right? Like as if we're going to be able to completely uh, transform the whole world without the coming of Christ that will make all things right. 
that somewhere between those extremes is a wise, which comes back to wisdom, a wise redeeming of the time, a buying back the time, the making most of this opportunity. Yep. Well, that's fun. Buy back, buy back the age, buy back the season. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. Thanks so much for giving an hour of your time, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah. Good conversation. And Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks as always to all our listeners. We appreciate you chiming in and getting the word out about the show. Thanks to Todd and Eric for their great production work. Can't imagine doing the show without them. Thanks to uh, our patron saints who support the show. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash fresh text to see ways to support the show and get some extra content. Um, I have a day job. I don't see a cent of that. That's for the production team behind the scenes. And with that, we say have a good preach and a great week. Bye-bye.